0: So, uh, welcome guys to episode number 30 of the Studio 7 Fitness Podcast. And what better way to round up to 30 episodes than to welcome my guest today. So, I'm delighted to welcome counsellor and psychotherapist Sheila Ryan to the podcast. Uh, Sheila works locally in Kalani as a psychotherapist and her career um, includes social work, um, working with adult and child mental health, as well as bereavement work um Sheila also works in relationship and family counseling and for the last 15 years is has been in private practice um the um the main topic Sheila will talk about today which is very relatable to our current situation we find ourselves in is resilience and we might ask, you know we'll get on to another couple of questions as well so I'm really excited for this one and without further ado welcome Sheila to the studio seven fitness podcast
1: thank you Michael
0: no It's Great to have you on. Um, first questions first, Sheila. Just how are you and how have you been? I suppose well, we're coming up to a year now since um, I suppose the uh, the world was affected by this virus. Um, so, so I suppose maybe just maybe personally and professionally, you know, how's the last year been for you?
1: Um, I suppose it has had its ups and downs. Uh, initially, when the the pandemic when we went into lockdown on March 12th, my own personal reaction was one of panic and high anxiety. Um, I had been on holidays and I kind of came back within a few days of the lockdown. So I didn't have a real understanding of what COVID was. And I suppose I had had seen pictures from Wuhan in China and I just was instilled with the fear of, of the unknown of what was going to happen. Uh, So that took me a few weeks to settle in. And then as we moved into April, May and the lovely fine weather, I really, really enjoyed it. I loved uh, just the time to have on my own and to share with my husband. Um, Did lots and lots of walking and loved the environment around us. And I suppose it gave me an opportunity to reflect on, you know, where, where I was in my own life and just the pause button and all the distractions of um, maybe work and study and events and holidays and travel, um, it just served me very well. And then I noticed that when June came, I was getting a little bit more apprehensive about opening up and how that would be. And then, you know, had a, a fairly nice summer. Uh, for me, the greatest challenge was missing uh, my sister uh, family live abroad and I'm very close to them and they have been home since December 2019 and that was a significant loss for me. Um, Another factor is that an aunt that I'm very close to became ill and she went into nursing care and I suppose that has and continues to be a great challenge in not being able to visit and see her. And then Christmas came, and uh, I suppose being honest, the current lockdown for me personally has its ups and downs. Uh, There are days when I'm doing well, and there's days when I'm bored. On a professional level, um, initially I was working with clients through um, video calls, telephones, maybe the odd one face-to-face. and. Now I work just with my existing clients on a one to one basis for the most part and have obviously taken the precautions and um, uh, advice given by um, the HSC and the Department of Health in relation to ensuring client safety in mind. What I'm seeing in private practice is a, what I would call a pandemic of anxiety. Situations that would normally be challenging like bereavement has been really, really so difficult when people lose loved ones. And I suppose the one thing we do in Ireland is we do grief very well. The traditional wake, uh, the support of community and neighbours, that has all been compromised. Um, Being ill and the fear of going into hospital, people recovering from COVID, um, then family conflicts domestic violence, all very difficult. And I think it's particularly hard in young people, um, especially students, you know, with the uncertainty now of whether there is a leaving circle, whether there isn't very difficult for parents. Um, and I think those that have suffered most are the, the young age group and the older age group. Uh, but certainly people's, um, it's wearing thin, people's resources yeah. are wearing thin. So that's a challenge for me as a therapist in facilitating and helping people with that.
0: Yeah, no, I, you know, really understand that and how that, you know, in, in all different aspects, this is sort of being compounded by, the by, by COVID on top of, as you said, young people, old people. I know my own dad, um, sister passed away um, and he wanted to go, but he was unable to go to London everything was closed down. They changed tiers and he had to watch it online. So it is very tough for people. Yeah. Um, And I suppose it brings us nicely into the topic of the day, Sheila, is resilience. Um, And I suppose it'll be tested really at the moment. But first of all, just for the listeners, like what what is resilience? Okay,
1: resilience is kind of currently a buzzword. I suppose our own Taoiseachs, Michal Martin and uh, Leo, they use that word a lot, and it's, it's uh, you know, kind of a catchwork, be resilient. And I suppose it gives this impression of being tough and um, strong and bearing the upper lip. Um, I see the word as more a verb. It's an active thing. It's not a noun. So, like the, the definition from a psychological point of view is that emotional resilience is our ability or our ca- capacity as individuals to cope with adversity in life. And the word itself comes from the Latin uh, resilio, which means to bounce back or recoil. And I think that's part of it. But I think that resilience is about growth. Yeah. How we grow in a challenge And, you know, when we're faced with challenges, our own um, stress response system is called into play. So it's really about how we regulate and manage emotions and how we experience them in the body. So as a mental health professional for many years, I've witnessed people manage horrific situations, tragic deaths, Um, the loss of marriages, divorce, um, all kinds of traumas. And I suppose I'm continually amazed at how people survive these tragedies, these challenges. Mm -hmm. So in my earlier life um, or career as a community social worker, I would have seen children emerging from very severely deprived backgrounds and survive all kinds of traumas, domestic abuse, parental separation, residential care, adoption, fostering. And I suppose, you know, the significant things that uh, come with is, okay, there may be genes and there may be uh, personality traits, but research will support my own observations, that it's really how we manage to respond to adversity and the supports, how we connect and how we draw on supports around us.
0: And why, why, is, why, is, why is that really important, I suppose, especially at the moment?
1: Okay, when you look and say, why is it important? I suppose a fact of life is that, as Scott Peck and his book called The Road Less Travelled, the very first line in that book is called, life is difficult. And Peck continues to say that once we truly know how life is difficult, And once we truly understand it and accept it, then life is no longer difficult because once it's accepted, the fact that life is difficult no longer matters. So then we're drawn into how are we going to deal with it? And I suppose if we look at resilience, then in that line is that there's a story. Yeah, it's a story. And the story is what has happened. And then facing into that story and saying, right, what is the best outcome in this difficult circumstance? Yeah. And if you put that out as your goal, then the middle part of the story is, well, to achieve that, what do I need to do to work through this? And so um, really, you know, it's about drawing on the strengths within yourself But it's also on the capacity to reach out to others. And I think that's really, really relevant for all of us worldwide as we manage the challenges uh, that COVID-19 is presenting.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of not being afraid to sort of ask for, you know, Ask for a bit of help or ask for connection or, or speak to a friend or kind of because we, as you said, there's a lot of people are feeling that isolation, especially this one. I mean, personally, this one has dragged on. Um, I suppose the third time I've had to close my own business, but it's, it's uh, you know, you try and be, as I said, as resilient as you can, but sometimes you might need that little bit of extra help from your inner circle as well.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, what I'm trying to maybe suggest is that sometimes resilience is seen as this innate inner quality that some people are blessed to have and some people are, you know, misfortunate not to have. And okay, whilst various qualities can be um, developed within us as we move through life, I suppose it's an active thing. We actually have to, um, we have to do something to be resilient. And... Uh, when we are really hit, we really need to intertwine and look for that support within ourselves.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. And how you how you said the at the beginning there and how, how it's a verb and, and it's to do something. So it's to act, you know, to act, which I which I really like. So that's a nice way to think about it. Um what what would be sort of some resilient skills, Sheila?
1: Um I suppose the first one that I would call out is self acceptance. Okay. Self And literally dealing with and discounting our own internal critic, then looking. So it's really looking for um, unconditional self-acceptance. And there is a very well-known Buddhist nun called Pema Chondran. I think many people may have come across her. And one of her books says, you start where you begin. So the key thing is, this is the situation. This is where I'm at. And that self-acceptance is huge the next is hope that there needs to be hope i think that is a very key part of you know the support that we need um and i think part of that is having a vision uh, some light at the end of the tunnel yeah. and i think you know that's used a lot maybe by um dr tony hoolahan you know um you know, this is the way it is. How are we going to go through that? And um, so kind of those skills then would be le- learning to deal with the uncertainty. Yeah. Dealing with the dis- discomfort, all of the discomforts that we have, all our things that we took so much for granted, whether it was our cup of coffee on a Friday or our dinner out on a Saturday night. Coping with, you know, successes and failures in life and dealing then with kind of challenges of kind of procrastinating perfectionism all these things which are linked very often to low self-worth or lack of self-belief so they're things that start with is that i i would be saying uh self-acceptance hope and learning how to pace ourselves just to take it one step at a time
0: once a time. yeah I've yeah good way to think about it rather than yeah because if we do little things i've found just from personally i've do you know and it happened in the first lockdown I ended up after i freaked out a little bit <laughs> or i say a little bit a lot after not you know but i ended up okay let's you know we have to park down i'm going to be at home for a couple of months be grateful to spend that time with my family i suppose for one but also i ended up doing a couple of courses and i got more focused on developing i would you know I just come around from an injury so i was got running again and and then this one now i started a yoga course this morning i started a, a, to learn spanish a few weeks ago uh, things I'd had on the long finger that I'd like to have done. And as I said, it's that taking those little steps, taking action. But I found the yoga this morning was lovely just to be more mindful. And, and we'll talk about that a bit later on. But uh, no, I love that and how, you, you know, you start where you begin. And I, said, I love that quote. That's really nice.
1: I think the other, you know, I think hope that um, ultimately everything does pass.
0: Yeah. You know the you will know, and
1: and of- we do get comfort even in the worst of situations, where people lose loved ones or whatever. We learn to live a new life. It doesn't mean that the loss goes away, but we grow bigger than the loss. We, you know, I try to explain that, you know, that loss, grief, the loss of the person, the loss of the relationship we had with the person, that doesn't alter. But that if we dig deep and if we stay connected with others, that we can find strengths and ways of growing within ourselves that we never thought possible and that it's about looking and believing that there are possibilities in all situations
0: yeah yeah
1: and I think it's also having a view that um how would I put this that life is a gift
0: yeah
1: it's not to be taken for granted that hope itself is not passive it's believing in possibilities that exist in the present and it's about choosing to engage in life, to face it, what, what is difficult and to commit to doing whatever it takes to make whats what we're hoping for. I suppose without being overly religious, um, but there is, I suppose, a prayer that I repeat a lot, if not daily, to myself. And it's what's one used in the AA program. It's the serenity prayer. It's saying... Um, the, the courage to to accept the things i cannot change yeah. you know and uh, to and you know um it's the serenity to accept the things i cannot change courage to change the things i can and then the profound word is the wisdom yeah. the wisdom to know the difference and like in that we hear a lot about Pop psychology and self-help books about positive thinking, and yes, that does make an important part of it. Positive thinking, the power of positive thinking, is really important, but that will only take you so far. Yeah. Positive thinking, you know, if um, that we need action. So, if somebody is really depressed, or if you have a young person unsure about whether they are going to sit a, a leaving search or not, or, you know, um, maybe their husband has left or their wife is ill or whatever. Positive thinking, you know, is only one part of it, but really it's action. What am I going to do that will make a difference? Maybe it's that 10 minute walk down the domain. Maybe it's picking up a phone to a friend. Maybe it's giving a hug, receiving a hug. That it's really hope is not is not passive, it's an active thing. It's a love, decision.
0: now I love that how you said hope, you know, is not passive, is active. And that's something I kind yeah. to push across is action. You know, you know, the uh law of attraction, you know, it's great to have a thought about what you want to yes. do. But if there's no action to it, it's not gonna go anywhere. So no, I find that and how you surrender, and I love that, you know, I think Miriam talked about that the last days I was surrendering and saying, Look you know, and that's what I did because look, these things are out of my control. I can't control the fact I had to close down, but what I can control is make a choice to, 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 to you know, appreciate the time I've got with the people around me, but also, you know, uh, maybe take a few steps to to develop myself, you know, that kind of way, uh, and then that will have a knock-on effect then when when I, you know, do get to open again. But um, no, I love that and how uh, uh,
1: absolutely. Like, you know, if we were to put it in another way, we talk about mindfulness practice and mindfulness is all part of resilience, that resilience itself is a practice. It's a tool that we choose to work on. So it's saying like the question I would ask is if something is happening that is really, really difficult, let's say, what would it be? Let's say um one's partner has the a marriage has gone and let's say you decide well i'm going to sit in drink a bottle of wine every night the question is is what i'm doing helping me or harming me Yep. is there something better than nothing like is there so 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 is this something about can i can i change my thinking in some way can I do something now that will make that bit of difference? And it's figuring out what is that something.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. And it's uh, kind of mentioned that in a workshop as well, that that, that mindfulness you've nailed they're just stopping and saying before you eat that extra cake or, you know, if before you add that yeah. other glass of wine and saying, look, and I love that, you know, is this helping me or harming me? I really like that, you know. Yes. That, and you're having actually, you're stepping back from the situation and observing and saying, look, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, I've had people in before and they probably knew a good bit about nutrition. But at the same time, they it was afterwards when they realized, oh, geez, I shouldn't have done that. So it's that creating space, I suppose, to to objectively look at it, um, you know, and then make a decision. Like it's,
1: it's, if we were to kind of put it very simply, it's like a knitting exercise. So what's within me? So, you know, drawing within belief and challenging negative beliefs and then reaching out and saying, right, I'm going to join others in an exercise class. I'm actually going to get fit. So I need a belief that I'm going to get fit. But maybe I need others. Maybe I need somebody like you, Michael, to support me to to go there, to keep my mojo going up. So it's again, knitting between my own um, sense of identity and then drawing on what's around me, what I can draw from others, you know.
0: Yeah, um, that's great. No, you know, there's some great stuff in there, Sheila. What would you regard as a resilient person? Or what would you kind of sum up a resilient person as?
1: A resilient person is um, somebody that will, first of all, allow what's going on to be. Okay. So this is the way it is. I've lost my job to stop the fighting, to accept it. This actually has happened. And, you know, like when people have horrendous tragedies, you know, you can't ignore the weight of that loss, the, the weight. And there's been so much loss and grief in so many ways, you know, over the last year, all over the world, that you just can't ignore the weight of that. But um, it's allowing yourself to feel. That's a resilient person is to say, yes, I am very, very sad, or I am very unhappy. And that is sometimes, that is all I can do for now. So it's saying, this is what I'm feeling, this is how it is. And then looking at the situation then in an active way. So this is really difficult, but are there other outcomes that will maybe help me to work through it? So a resilient person is somebody that then is open and that has a flexible mind rather than a fixed mind. And if I was and I think that is a real core um, skill to have is to have um, a growth mindset. And there is a psychologist called Carol Dweck, and she describes a growth mindset is that failure is enough is an opportunity to grow. Love it, love it. Um, I can actually learn to do anything I want to. It's a growth mindset. Challenges help me grow. Like you are talking about your challenge at the moment in your business and how difficult it has been, opening, closing, and the unknown as to when you can open and managing the financial demands of that. Um, it's that my attitudes and my effort will determine my own ability To work through this, and that when I am getting feedback from others, it's constructive that I'm not automatically going in it. So really, it's about more rather than positive thinking. I'd say flexible thinking, as opposed to a fixed mindset. So a fixed mindset, where somebody is maybe needing to develop and look at resilience, is somebody that really says that well, okay, failure. This as far as I can go. You know, I'm shut down or and yeah, yeah. Um, my job is gone and that's as far as I can go or you know the mindset that says I'm either good at it or I'm not or I don't like this I don't like being challenged and I'm just going to give up you know yeah. so really it's looking a resilient person is somebody that has a growth mindset
0: yeah no I love that and the growth and the fixed I think is a really key point um because you know if I for example had a fixed mindset I'd be okay look I've closed that's it that's the end of it you know I'm never going to be you know open or i'm just gonna wait and till this blows over you know um yeah but, you know what what it gave me a bit of a kick and you know just generally having a growth mindset in regards to trying to you know be creative or whatever you know gave me a kick to go online which i hadn't done before so i was into the zoom so I've just started a corporate wellness program with the company so it was, it was changing and actually something i i wanted to do anyways but I, you know wasn't that techie or this and that so I was maybe shying away I was more face to face but this is kind of i had have a choice well i did have a choice i could have a choice to not do anything and just curl up in a ball and say look i'm done until we open but that's over a year you know or i can say look this happened okay how can i still get a bit of revenue in you know my mums are happy to go online um you know, added an extra morning to them, gave them a bit extra in regards to nutrition and um, wellness tips and stuff. So, you know, they, you know, that's had that bit of revenue coming in as well as the other stuff. So it was kind of say, I can sit here and do nothing or I can, you know, maybe just try and um, adapt yeah. to the situation.
1: That's right. Like it's, as, I couldn't agree more with you, Michael, because what you're really saying is it's the narrative we tell ourselves.
0: Yeah.
1: It's what is our narrative, What's our story? What are we se- telling ourselves? And it's really to dial down our inner critic. Yeah. Yeah, you no. Know?
0: Yeah, no, love that. Um, There's some really, re- really good points in there, Sheila. Um, um, and just say someone who is kind of listening to this and saying, you know, they're, they're maybe not you know, maybe they're more of a fixed mindset. They're not really feeling very very resilient at the moment. Um, How could we sort of build that resilience up for them or not for them, but, you know, help them to build their own resilience?
1: I think the first thing is that the strength you need to face difficulties is not just within you. It lies within your relationships with other people. So what you give or what you receive from people you care about is that, It just lies in uh, reaching out. And I suppose it's that, um, you know, no man is an island and that no matter how difficult things are, um, there are always others facing the same challenge. So like when we look at support groups, let's say, from simple things like people that want to lose weight, joining Slimming World, joining um, a gym group, uh, joining EAA if alcohol is a problem, joining a bereavement group, um, parents whose children have particular diagnoses, whether it's maybe autism, Down syndrome, it's reaching out and saying there are others too struggling. And there's a comfort in that, that we're not alone. Yeah. And I think that's what, in the first part, the first lockdown, we were all supportive of one another. And then I think we all got a bit weary and then we are in a phase now of disillusionment where people, I think this lockdown is that people are more isolating and disconnecting yeah. from each other. And I think that's part of it. Uh, so simply the answer is to reach out. And I suppose, you know, a number of years ago, I was blessed to go to Cousins in California. And if you've been to California, there's the image of the redwood trees. And they live for thousands and thousands of years. And they're seen as a symbol of resilience, strength, uh, sturdiness. But the reality is that the redwood tree itself only grows maybe to five feet underground, six foot. And then what actually happens with the redwood tree is that they turn and they grow horizontally. The roots grow horizontally and they grow about 100 feet horizontally and they all join up. And they fuse together and they become intertwined. Wow. And so there is an exchange of nutrients and zemians between them. So if we look at that analogy of the redwood tree, that the strength of the tree, the redwood, is coming from a community of belonging. And I think that is really the secret of resilience that we need to look at in terms of this pandemic. Yeah. And maybe at this point in time, you know, being more aware of, what we can do for others and equally our need for others.
0: Yeah. No that's brilliant I love that analogy that redwood um how the how the roots and how they kind of bind together to be stronger and and, and you know and pass on nutrients that's a lovely way to to think about life really. So you know exactly you know as I said I found when I came back down obviously my family my immediate family live away um so that kind of a little bit more isolated I said you know and to having people in your little bubble is is important because uh,
1: very um, much yeah.
0: yeah you can kind of quickly uh so you know reaching out people have reached out to me as well to you know to go for a, a walk in domain you know those little things are are, are lovely and I've done the they're same.
1: really they're really important yeah. um you know if you think of let's say there's such a huge increase in loneliness depression suicide is on the increase and I suppose the best gift you can give someone is to tell them that their life matters to you. Yeah. That being alive matters and that, you know, that we are a community and we will get through this. This will pass. And really to have an optimistic view is what is the learning? What can I take? And what is this time affording me the, the gift, the opportunity to grow and to experience another aspect of life? Yeah,
0: that's interesting. Now, we- I think people have given a lot of time for reflection and people have been probably, you know, as as you know, our world is full of distractions and people sometimes use distractions to maybe not sit with their thoughts or maybe um, avoid things. Um, I think people do maybe come out of this appreciating. Do you think that's something that, that they'll, you know, will people think they'll go back? Do you think people will go back to like a default mode again? Or do you think this will have a long sort of term reaction to like, certainly will for me, Because, um, you know, you didn't think you lived through a pandemic um, and, you know, please God, everyone I know and family, um, you know, will stay safe and everything like that. So do you think people will come out with a different um, viewpoint after this? I
1: hope so. I hope so. Um, Sometimes the cynic within me says everything goes back to the same. But I think this has had such a global effect. It's every country. It's the whole earth. And it's a once in a lifetime event. Yeah. And we will survive. I think if you draw on the words of Gloria Gaynor's song, I will survive. Mm-hmm. And the words is, I, am, I have all my life to live and all my love to give. I will survive. And I think she recorded that when she was going through a horrendously difficult time. What I do know from my own personal experience is that it has drawn me into my own inner world of just nature um I'm just so grateful for the environment I live in. Yeah, true. Um, just, I suppose, I'm just blessed with the, the lakes and the mountains and the birds. Uh, like I'm hearing birdsong around my house that I never really, really listened to. and really loving it and seeing, you know, the flowers, the daffodils coming. And we've worked through and moved through all the seasons of it. Yeah. And um, gratitude for family. Yeah. You know, uh just so grateful that there are people in my life. Um, gratitude for a house, a home to live in, food, um, all of those things, you know. Um and that I think, you know, what I would be really uh, encouraging people is to maybe keep simple things like a gratitude journal. And like if you were to do that, I call it a glad practice. But if you took a minute or two at the end of each day, and if you said glad, G is for gratitude, just one thing I'm really grateful for today. And if you took the L in the glad and said, is there one thing I learned today about myself, about life, whatever it is, Yeah. maybe even cooking a new recipe, what did I accomplish today? And what did I delight in? What joy, you know? Yeah, like uh, one of the joys I have is just seeing ducks down near the golf course where I live. <laughs> yeah. just, uh, just in the, the lake, they've been there all my life. But I'm really just the joy of life, the joy of the river. Mm. So those kind of practices. I think the other thing is to sit and just even to connect with your breath, that you have an in-breath and an out-breath and breathing is life and just the gift of that.
0: Yeah. Um, and it brings nicely nicely onto the next question, that GLAD um, uh, acronym is something. Actually, I said that to the corporate group yesterday, and it's a really easy one to remember. Um, and, again, the Gratitude Journal, I think, yeah, it's something that you had mentioned years ago. Um, you were doing some of the stress stuff, but it was it's something that I do and have done since. I find it amazing. Like, And, and it's sort of that last thing before lights out that you're filling your mind with, positiveness and um, rather than you know a lot of people who wake up in bad form is generally you can trace that back to the night before if they're stressing about something and they're waking up in a threat state so I really like the glad and um, I'll share some of these in in the notes of the podcast as well where people can um, can jump on but it kind of leaves me nicely when you're talking about nature Sheila and you know the bird singing um, is, is kind of mindfulness I know you've kind of you're a mindfulness meditation teacher as well how important would you say one that that's been for you in 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 this sort of last year, but also for the general public as something that they can create space and and tap into the present moment, you know being a being mode rather than a doing mode um how important is sort of mindfulness and meditation um Sheila you found
1: Well, for me it's crucial it's a skill that um I'm aware that if I don't practice that, I certainly know around prior to Christmas that my The busyness in the run-up to Christmas and maybe some of the apprehension about how Christmas was going to be this year certainly led me to feel just a little bit flat and maybe not 100% myself. And when I got the break at Christmas, I really appreciated just the ability to pause, to breathe. Like, people think that mindfulness is about meditation practice. It can include that. And, you know, it's very simple and it's also very, very difficult. So mindfulness for me is just being present to the moment. It may include a meditation practice, which is more either a spiritual act or a technique in relaxation. But it's being mindful, you know, when you're showering in the morning, when you're uh, cooking soup. It's, It's being present to the task at hand. And I think, you know, research suggests that at the very least, it has huge physiological benefits because it reduces the stress hormones like cortisol and neuroadrenaline. And it, it brings in more of the endorphins, the oxytocin. These are the, the happy energies and hormones that we need in our body. So certainly mindfulness, just staying awake, staying in the moment is a way of managing stress and ultimately being happier in our own lives and physically healthier
0: yeah that's perfect and you see that's kind of a myth as you know uh, as you know that you know meditation is mindfulness but it's not as i said this is mental skill that um that, as you said, can help you maybe focus in on, say, the breath and be more present. But I like what you said there about, I think Jerry Hussey mentioned it on, on the podcast as well, about, you know, as you if you're showering and be mindful of the water and the and the warmth and, you know, brushing your teeth, and, you know, you can be mindful doing tasks you do every day, um, you know, rather than being in the shower and stressing about what you have to do that day. So, That's
1: right. Th- it's a sensory experience. It's yeah. actually sensing. And experiencing sensations within the body, and even actively, be able, actively being aware of what, where is my mind, because our minds do wander even when we're trying. And just to see the mind wandering, and then just encouraging it to come back to the moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, no, that's brilliant. Um, just in regards, I, I know you're, you're um, a, a keen follower of, of Teignat Han. Have I pronounced that right? Yeah. Um, and pretty inspirational. Um, I said he's, you know, a Buddhist monk. Um, Vietnamese is he? Is that right? That's right, maybe um,
1: Vietnamese.
0: Um, just maybe touch. on know some of the listeners might be interested on, on him and his work and and what you've learned from from sort of following what you know some of his practices.
1: Um, I first. Um I had the gift of going to two retreats run by him. Wow. Uh, he's now in his 90s and in recent years has had serious strokes and he had a, a community in France called Plum Village. Maybe some of the listeners would have gone there in retreats and that. Um, he's now gone back to his native Vietnam. Um, his whole thing is just the breath okay that's his practice the breath breathing in breathing out and um, his whole view is that we come home to ourselves that there that you know that it's about literally pausing sitting with ourselves and that wherever we are it's okay so you know he teaches mindfulness and the impression is that we, by doing mindfulness that we are in a state of inner peace, that may be a good outcome, but his starting premise is that we become aware of the sensations of struggle. Okay. So if I'm grieving, I'm sad. I'm sad. We can change that. I am experiencing sadness. I am not sad. Sadness okay. is moving through my body. I I'm experiencing anxiety. Anxiety is moving through my body. Depression. I, depression. My mood is low. So we take away the I and we become aware that, um, that there are experiences and thoughts that move within our bodies. And that there is something more than the body. So he yeah. talks about being the observer. Who is the observer? and uh, his practices are very very simple he talks about mindful walking just noticing the sensation of walking just noticing how one step follows another mindful eating chewing like i am the worst culprit for this myself (laughs) and i just at times and speed you know don't allow myself to chew to taste to smell Mm. what i'm eating to experience the nourishment of food you know in the catholic tradition we had you know when i was growing up grace before meals and whatever your view on it is but there was a pause where you you know gave thanks to uh to to the food you were about to eat the angelus bell he talks about the bell inviting the bell and all of the religious tradi- traditions, Buddhism, um, uh, Muslim, uh, Catholic, the bell, for whom the bell tolls. The bell is there for celebration, it's there for loss. It's about standing, being present to what is. So, that Hand is really about the presence, the present moment, the presence within. And uh, he talks about, you know, arriving home, coming home to yourself, Love you that. know. And about appreciating the beauty within all of us, that we are created by life and that beauty resides within us. And I suppose that's really sad when you think of, uh, you know, a lot of our young people having a lot of issues regarding body image. And yeah. I suppose whilst we're looking at being healthy and fit, you know, when it goes to this point of what is the perfect body, what is the perfect shape, what is the perfect... Um, photograph and so much of that is promoted through social media and his thing is that we are a creation of life so we are always perfect we are always beauty and that it's about realizing that and you know allowing our beauty to move through us
0: wow that's uh that's goosebumps that's a lovely way to look at it um and how coming home to ourselves i think that's lovely and i think you know i find that a lot you know you especially people at the moment, they'll say, like, you know, I am, as you said, they'll label it as I am sad or I am anxious, you know, whereas, you know, how you say, okay, I mean, you know, experiencing, you know, sad, emotions right now but uh you know as i said it's just to allow that na- there's going to be natural flow of emotions you know you're not going to be happy all the time you know there's a lot of you know you four for sort of base emotions are kind of negative sadness anger disgust you know fear things like that so it's, I, 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 I like I, how you don't label yourself as i am this no, thing
1: it's experience. like you know some of the risks of too much of the pop psychology is saying that life should be perfect i think i go back to scott peck life is difficult. Yeah. You know, it involves suffering. The Buddhists talk about life is suffering. So the challenge is, as they say in the Catholic tradition, how do we make our soul? Making our soul is how do we develop resilience within us? And um, I suppose when you look at it, I suppose we can lure young people, children, into the view maybe through an artificial world that... Um, life will be perfect it's not uh, there's ups and downs in life and that's part of life you know mm. and when we see people maybe less resilient you know with first loves breakups that is all the learning we learn through life we develop resilience so it's an act of growing
0: yeah no i love that and it's we're always growing we seem to kind of sometimes close ourselves up f- from growth and just saying look i can't do that i won't be able to do that so that act of growing it is, is a lovely way to think about it. And it's
1: really important, I think, for parents and teachers to really support young people in accepting the challenges that life at times is a struggle. But we'll get through it. You'll get through it. We'll get through it. And uh, that's the whole idea of the redwood tree. We'll nourish each other. We'll support our, each other, you
0: know. Yeah. No, that's lovely. And in the
1: time of, you know, the virtual hugs, like hugs, like resource hugs are really, really important. That's one of the biggest challenges I've had. Missing is, the hugs, is,
0: yeah, same as that. missing the hugs,
1: <laughs> missing touch.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, and uh, I i suppose one of my fears is that whenever we get back to some new normal, that a lot of the t- traditional ways that we Irish, you know, support each other, particularly in times of loss, the handshake, the hug, um, that we don't lose that. Yeah. Uh, in our in
0: our culture yeah and like that kind of, vibrancy that makes of, us yeah. different yeah yeah oh that's lovely Sheila um so just as maybe as as a final little question um for the listeners if they listen to this and they you know obviously getting a lot from it um what can they do sort of today that can maybe start them on to maybe being a bit more resilient or starting to grow that like what, what can be the maybe the first step that they could say okay let's Um, You know, I'd I'd, I'd love to be more uh, resilient, but um, it's just, you know, where can I maybe start was the first little step maybe I can do.
1: I think the first thing is maybe to sit down with a blank piece of paper and a pen. Yeah. And I'd say, what's the story? What's wrong? Yeah. Just face it. What's the story? Whether it's losing a stone, whether it's finding a job, Uh, this is me, this is the challenge, and just to write down what is the challenge that's facing me. Maybe it's just surviving, just being locked up or working from home or not working at all. And then uh, the second thing is to write down what would be a good outcome. So to describe um, what you'd like to see happen. And then the next thing is to describe, well, what would help me to deal with that challenge? So let's say if it's to lose the stone. Okay, if I walk 20 minutes every day, that would be a help.
0: Yeah.
1: If I kept a food diary. If I went to bed early. Or if we went to saying right, okay, I'm looking for how am I going to manage this time? Look at what are the things that I creatively do to use this time now that we're in lock time. So maybe it's to connect with somebody, pick up the phone. Check in how somebody else is doing, yeah. maybe to do uh, a Zoom call. Maybe it's to try out a new recipe, but it's to look at what are the options that can help me work through this situation.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. So I
1: would go with that kind of practical thing. So that's one. The other thing I do believe in journaling and keeping it really simple. And I think that glad exercise at the end of the day is really good. Um, and I then I think the actual pillars for well being are physical health, so exercise, good yeah. food, sleep, fun. Get out a deck of cards. Yeah. Do a jigsaw. We're doing jigsaws yeah. at the moment here. Gay, um, old, gay, old
0: game of twenty-five, those are the yeah,
1: game of twenty-five, <laughs> you know. And um you know just so you know the gratitude and i would really encourage people then you know in terms of just understanding mindfulness you know there's so many wonderful apps that just introduce you into that whole world of mindfulness so i would be looking at apps like headspace many people are familiar with that the calm app just if you google mindfulness and i would start with just a five minute breath exercise 10 minutes. you don't need long meditations in fact you know, when I trained as a mindfulness teacher, we were look, encouraged to do 40 minutes once or twice a day. And realistically, for most people, uh, that's not possible. But, yeah. Research now says that for the brain, for good mental health, 12 minutes of mindfulness practice, which is just monitoring, just noticing the movement of your breath, putting your hand on your belly and just noticing the movement and observing the thoughts to do that for 12 minutes, either four, or three minutes. So you could break it up four times a day or you could sit with yourself for 12 minutes. And there isn't a right and wrong. There is no right and wrong. You just sit with yourself and you just notice where you're at.
0: Yeah, no, that's brilliant. And I said 12 minutes, if you can't get 12 minutes in your day, so even if you broke it down, you know, you know yeah. that's more than achievable, isn't
1: it? But like, I, you know, in terms of, let's say, resilience and mental health, what's really important is the pillars move. Walk, body. exercise, uh, sleep, and eat well, and connect. Connect with others.
0: The, 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 you've nailed it. There's some really, really good advice. Um, and as I said, if you've if physically, if your physical health isn't great, then that's going to affect your mental, your mind Absolutely. as well, So it to creation. There is
1: no mental health or physical. They're both intertwined. You can't yeah. have one without the mind, other.
0: Body, mind, body. Definitely. Um, that's some amazing, amazing advice. And I'm sure people. We'll, we'll connect with that sheila uh that's amazing sheila i just want to acknowledge um you know firstly thank you for coming on i know you know you're busy as well um and uh, you know helping people um and as i said you devoted your life to help people um through through all sorts of situations and i just want to acknowledge that first and say you know you do amazing work and as I said, i've known you for a few years now um, and everyone I come in contact with who mentions you, you know, in a personal and a professional level, I can't speak highly enough of you. And, um, you know, you're you're an amazing human being. <laughs> so I just want to acknowledge that. And, um, you know, I'm really delighted to have you on. Um, and this is the first psychotherapist I think I had on, which is, uh, and, and the best, obviously. <laughs> um, so uh, thanks a million. And, um, you know, really appreciate you uh, giving the time to come on. And uh, just wish you continued success professionally and also personally. Um, and uh, we'll all get through this. And um, We, will. We'll
1: we will. We will survive. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you, Mike.
0: Thanks so much, Sheila. Take Bye. care. I'll Bye. speak to you soon. Bye.
1: Bye.
0: So that's a wrap, guys, on episode number 30 with psychotherapist Sheila Ryan. Um, I got some amazing stuff from there, so I'm sure you will as well um some practical things and how we can we can build our resilience in uh testing time so really really good delighted with that um so yeah if you like it guys share if you think people would get benefit from it send it to them um you know i think a lot of people need to hear this so um you know rate it on apple podcast share it pop it up on your story on instagram tag um tag studio seven and um you know I'll I'll, I'll I'll pop it up as well so that's great guys 30 down um here's on to the next 30 and i hope you have a great week and i'll be speaking to you very soon take care guys Bye, bye bye